is Bloomberg Surveillance. I count us as in the first year of a global expansion. With the recession started in 14 in China with the corruption campaign, policy response was last year, negative interest rates and devaluations, and the growth is today as seen in auto and housing both in the United States and in China. Russia has its own problems, and they're very severe, but I don't think this is going to be one of them, the Panama Papers. My concern is if you don't have enough nominal growth in the world, you're not going to get the returns you need to meet your liability stream. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning, everyone. Michael McKee and Tom Keen, Bloomberg Surveillance. We talked residential real estate earlier in this hour. One of our most popular guests, John Levy, will join us, and we'll look at commercial real estate. And he has a really interesting message on commercial real estate. We'll do that here in a few moments. Forex front and center today with massively, I use that word carefully, massively strong yen. Not what it was at 538 this morning, but still a wow statistic on dollar uh, yen. Right now, the Forex Brief brought to you by Interactive Brokers, winner of FX Week's 2015 award for the best retail Forex trading platform. Visit IB at IBKR. Dot com slash Forex. 108.33 on yen. We got down to a 102. Stronger, stronger, stronger yen. A little bit more going on Forex. A euro. We had a 114 print. Right now, 113.74. Michael McKee, within this Forex report, what is the likelihood that the government will intervene on the Japanese yen? You know, a lot of people are debating that in the currency markets because uh, several of the officials at the Ministry of Finance have suggested, quote-unquote, we're watching levels of the yen and we'll take appropriate measures, which is their code in the past for we will intervene. But the prime minister came out yesterday and said we will not intervene. So what does that mean? Mm-hmm. What did that tell you? <clears throat> we are, you know, we have our failures here, and and I think Mike will agree with me that we don't do enough on commercial real estate. I, I, it's just... I was in Salt Lake City, you know, over the weekend. We talked about that. Um, and that was, somebody said that to me. They said, you know, we want to hear more about commercial real estate. Yeah. Well, John Levy helps us with this. John B. Levy and company. Um, with terrific perspective. John, I have never seen such a cautious note from you. We are building multifamily like we haven't in 42 years. Yeah, that's right. Is that true? Yeah, that's right. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, Mike. Uh, right now, it's kind of interesting. We have uh, some 550,000 units across the country under construction, the most since 1974. So this is, uh, and just to kind of put it in, right in your backyard, uh, some 50,000 units in New York, some uh, 45,000 between Houston and Dallas. Um, so multifamily has been the darling of the business uh, for the last five or six years. And when you have something that's on a run like that, people really run to build more of it, and they are building more, 16,000 in the D.C. suburbs. Uh, these are a lot of units. So, yeah, we're, we're, uh, we've yeah. been priced to perfection. We, we were talking with uh, Jonathan Miller a short time ago, and he sure. noted that uh, one of the big – uh, residential projects for uh, people who use them as safe deposit boxes in New York has been put on hold for a year. Are we approaching uh, saturation point around the country? 
Well, I, I think where, where we are is, uh, uh, Mike, we, I don't know whether we're taking a breather, whether we've hit the pause button, whether it's time out, but it's very definite. You can see that we have really, really flattened. For example, uh, apartment values were up, uh, you know, last year 12%. Last couple months were up 2%. And we're actually looking at some areas where we think rents are starting to soften. Uh, Miami, uh, no surprise there, they've added 14,000 units. Uh, the D.C. suburbs. They've added 16,000 units. Uh, my guess is in your town, um, you've always had such a tight market that maybe the market gets a little looser, but loose is really uh, an overstatement. But it's going to be much harder to finance uh, multifamily or anything for that matter because um, the, the the biggest provider of capital to commercial real estates are, are the commercial banks. And they're now coming in the crosshairs of the federal regulators. So I, I do think we're at an inflection point. Um, we've had five or six years of really good growth, and it is time for a pause. We are seeing um, signs housing, in the housing starts, multifamily as a percentage of the total uh, starting to fall in the last couple of months. And uh, I was just pointing out to Tom, the Dodge Momentum Index yes. uh, out uh, just a few moments ago, uh, and it's lower, uh, down 7% in March. So it's not just uh, multifamily housing, but it looks like uh, commercial real estate construction in general is taking a pause. Yeah, I think that's right. And, I, again, I, I kind of go back and look at, 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 at the federal regulator's memo, and that's the memo from the joint OCC, FDIC, and Fed. And what they basically said at the end of the year was, we're going to, quote, reinforce prudent risk management practices. Now, there's not a single banker in the country that wants to hear that. But the the, uh, regulators have said, you're in the crosshairs. We've noted an easing of lending standards. And, by the way, we Mm -hmm. provide 40% of commercial real estate capital. So it's going to be harder to get a loan. Is the difference now, and I'm looking at a, a developer in Atlanta putting up 40 stories of something, that this time around, quote-unquote, commercial real estate is really apartment real estate, that they're not building acres of, of office square footage? Is that true? Uh, Tom, I think that we've, we've certainly had more activity in multifamily than in any other sector. And the reason is because uh, we, we've... We, we, we went through a time period where we didn't build any in, you know, 08 and 09 mm-hmm. and 10. Uh, we've got the young millennials who want a place to live. Uh, they still don't want to buy houses. So there's been more action there. The other thing that's kind of interesting is that we're continuing to have a real push from the, the GSEs, Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae, into only uh, uh, multifamily. Let me, let me just put a number on that, which is kind of Please. interesting. Um, so if you look at all the insurers in the country and, and all the money they put into all of the various property types, apartments, multifamily, uh, uh, industrial, it doesn't really matter. You take that number and then you look and compare that to the money that's going into multifamily from Freddie and Fannie. Freddie and Fannie are putting 50% more money into multifamily than the entire insurance industry is putting into all property types. So if so, you say, is it going up, uh, okay. Tom, that's it. The summary here yeah. from John Levy yeah. is a basic idea that the government's still in the commercial real estate business. Oh Well, they're in one sector, 
of the commercial real estate. They're in multifamily. But They're you not... told me that's the boom sector. Oh, absolutely. And we see yeah. it in New York. There's no question about that. Yeah. What's the shift now between, I'm speaking as an amateur, between Class A and Class B commercial real estate? You know, we had meetings 30 years ago where strip malls, oh, we don't talk about those. They're no good. Yeah. Is there a new Class A than in the other cycles? In, in, in as far as... Uh, fancy what, properties. Is a new... Have we redefined what a fancy property is, or is it all the same? No, no, I don't think we've redefined it all that much. I mean, we've we've had quite a bit of gentrification, so that office buildings, which are downtown in major cities, have now become either apartments or condos, and those are actually pretty fancy. And in the old days, they would have been Class B or Class C office buildings. Um, but if you look at a Class A office now, it's still a Class A office, although there is a, a mm-hmm. quite a quite a move to people that want exposed beams and uh, the kind of things that will will attract the millennials. Do we have a, uh, a shortage in, uh, of office space anywhere? No, I don't see that. Um, in, in fact, if you looked at the pricing data that just came out, uh, CBD offices are actually down some 5%. Uh, there's still plenty of room in, in the suburbs in most parts. Now, there are exceptions to that. So, for example, if you're in Silicon Valley, uh, if, you, if you're in Portland, um, uh, anything that, you know, Denver, there are areas where high technology is, is just continuing to drive the, the, you know, the ship. So, um, we haven't built, uh, much retail, as you know. Um, we've, we've certainly built some industrial, but not nearly as much, yeah. uh, retail as you might have thought. And yeah. I think that's actually starting to come back interestingly. One minute left. What's the big money doing? What are sovereign wealth funds doing? They're cashing in. They've got a changed oil dynamic. Are they still plowing money into the United States of commercial real estate? Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. Because if you look at most of the big funds with, you know, the, 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 the multi, uh, funds, they've actually got a waiting list to get in. So the sovereign funds and others who are foreigners are still thinking, this is a really good place to invest, uh, d- you know, despite our thoughts that maybe we are taking a breather. John, thank you so much. Never enough time. John Levy uh, with us as we look at uh, commercial real estate, John B. Levy Company. And, uh, they just, Mike, it's always interesting. I, 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 the buildings are all around us in New York. Maybe that's our problem, John. Yeah, you, you don't look. Yeah. You, you look, but you don't see. Biggest right here behind us. That yeah. thing is a monster, and nobody's yeah. in it yet. No, well, that's what uh, John Miller was talking yeah. about. John Miller and John Levy. That's very good. A lot of real estate today on uh, surveillance. Again, one hundred eight thirty six. That is a one point four three points strengthening of the Japanese yen versus the dollar. Amazing how the trade weighted yen looks a little bit different from dollar yen this morning. Futures, a negative 10. All right, let's check in now with Michael Barr. Get the latest world and national headlines. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. Belgian prosecutors are asking for the public's help in trying to find the so-called man-in-hat suspect at the Brussels airport suicide bombings. Belgian federal prosecutor Eric van der Spite says authorities are asking for anyone who might have filmed or photographed the man during the March 22nd attacks to help. The photo shows the suspect leaving the airport on foot, walking into a nearby town, and then into Brussels. President Obama will make his case today on why Senate Republicans should move forward on the nomination of Judge Merrick Garland for the U.S. Supreme Court. 
president will speak at the University of Chicago Law School today. Round one of the Masters Golf Tournament begins today, and you can hear it here live this afternoon on Bloomberg Radio. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom? Michael, thanks so much. Futures negative 10, Dow futures negative 83, 19 minutes away from a market opening. Again, the story today, German yields lower and the yen stronger. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Market Driver is brought to you by NYCB. Ask about their My Community Interest Checking with free NYCB online and mobile banking. Earn more, get more. Visit nycbfamily.com.